Hello and welcome back to part two of Too Much Time on Our Hands. Uh, this is something of a therapy session for us. We've got gripes, we've got aches, we've got pains, and we're going to get all off our chest today. Um, so we're going to go around the table, a literal table, um, and we're going to vent things that annoy us about, we'll say, nerd culture, although there'll be a variety of things surrounding that, basically. Um, some of them might be Coldplay. <laughs> uh, some of them might be the hatred of Attack of the Clones. Who knows? <laughs> it's uh, Anything could happen in the next hour. So we'll go around the room um, and we are going to just, just vent our opinions. Mm. Sound good? Right, so who wants to start? Well, I think I, I, I kind of introduced this topic because I had something... Go for it. God, I was getting oh, sorry. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll, do again, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Oh, God damn. You had it <laughs> stealing my thunder. Let's, I'll do it again. No, I'll do we'll it roll, again. Roll. It's cool. It's cool. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> so this is well. I'll, I will let Sean introduce the actual topic in itself. So Sean, take it away. Thank you, Dan. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> God, really no, no, you, you summed up. Shut up, Tom. You, you summed up perfectly, Dan. You, it was just this is just a, a time for us all to just vent a little bit. It's not to pick on anyone in particular or pick on any kind of particular subcultures. It's just to like uh, get out those little pet peeves that we all have and. Um, uh, just get it off our chest, basically. Mm. But my my particular thing is people who take games too seriously when they really shouldn't. Yeah. So this can apply to kind of competitive gamers. It's not to pick on like esports or anything because I understand that like esports are a thing and people would get like a huge buzz out of all that kind of thing. <laughs> I might add that to my list of pet peeves, by the way. What esports? Esports, really? The term esports. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Well, we'll... Oh, I won't. But we'll get into that some other time. But. <laughs> Esports for some reason really annoys me. Really, the term esports it's Why? not it's not remotely anything to do with sports. Um, it's as much sports as playing chess or Monopoly. Well, I guess like motorsports isn't like a isn't like. But there's still some like kind of level of sense. physical endurance in motorsports. Well, there is in some esports, isn't there? Yeah. Like you're sitting at <sighs> a keyboard for like hours on end, and that's no different from playing chess. It's a game. It's a hobby. Mm. It's not. Well, yes, thank you. You're bringing up my... Um, my oh, okay, anyway, yes. So, yeah, yeah, sorry. Go back to what you were saying to you. The thing that I really don't like is when competitive gamers, that whole kind of esports thing and people are into that, uh, bleed over into casual games that I enjoy that really shouldn't be taken seriously and that aren't competitive, yeah. but they want to impose certain gameplay ideas and restrictions and things to make them better competitive games. Now... A game recently that came out last year, Splatoon. Mm. Splatoon is an online multiplayer shooter, okay? So I get that some people think this is like a game that you could enjoy like playing competitively. You could get really into it. However, it's a game about kids who turn into squids shooting <laughs> uh, water pistols at each other, yeah. okay? It's not fucking Counter-Strike. It's not COD, <laughs> but... Nevertheless, every all the reviews that came out, all the previews and things, all the, the game journalists were all freaking out about the same thing um, when playing the Ogos. They're like, this game doesn't have voice chat. It's like, why do you need voice chat in Splatoon? <laughs> Everyone's freaking out. They're like, it's a team-based shooter. How can you have a team-based shooter when you don't have voice chat? And it's like, it's a fucking... It's, a, it's who cares it's for kids it's like, <laughs> who cares if it's shit it's for kids <laughs> Splatoon is not shit it's a, it's a really good game yeah. it's incredibly fun however it's a game that's fun for like a broad range of people it's not an elitist 
multiplayer hardcore we're all gonna like you know have our headsets on the four of us we're gonna fucking drill these um you know game game kind of um what would you call it I don't know, I'm not into competitive games, I don't know. But you're not sitting there kind of coming up with strategies and stuff and saying, you, you need to ink section five while I take out section three. There's some sniper on the roof. You know, it's not that game. It's a fucking game about kids and squids and shooting fucking lots of pistols trying to cover your base in ink. It's just a fun, chill okay, out. Sure, just hey, come on, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fun, like, chill out. It's a game that I can play. I, I don't play a lot of online um, multiplayer games like competitive multiplayer games I'm much more of a couch cop kind of guy and I think when you're playing with your mates you get your mates over and the idea isn't to steamroll your mates you want them to have a good time as much as you're having a good time <coughs> otherwise they won't come back or they won't want to play that game again yeah, so you that. all want to have like a good time so you can like hold back a bit and you're like not as good or whatever or the other thing is that you all kind of get good together because you don't tend to play um, that game by yourself so like back in the day when you're playing Goldeneye or whatever all your mates would come over you play Goldeneye and you'd all get good together and you'd all be competitive together same with like Mario Kart or the original like Smash Brothers or whatever all those like great N64 four player games I think with the advent of online gaming you are faceless and you are yeah. playing people who you don't know let alone necessarily like and you don't care whether they have a good time and it, it, it's born out of that is this desire to this kind of very ultra competitive desire to just steamroll everyone, and that's not fun for the for the person getting steamrolled. Now, Nintendo's approach to to this to, to this kind of game philosophy is uh-huh. they take that idea and they say, you know, it's not going to be fun for you know me who's a casual who wants yeah. to just come online and play like a few matches or whatever, or a little kid who wants to come on and enjoy the game and play it. So Splatoon is like perfect for that because. A, if you're not great, you can still contribute without kind of directly going to, into the front line and, you know, being getting your kill-death ratio up. You can just concentrate on um, map coverage. Because the idea of the game is, the kind of standard game mode is that it's um, kind of ink turf war- warfare where both sides, each team has their own colour and they're yeah. trying to paint as much of that colour on the map as possible. Now, when you, sh- you can shoot other people when you shoot them... They obviously are out of the match for uh, you know precious seconds of, of coverage. Yeah. So it is t- tactically advantage to kind of shoot other people. However, it's not the be all and end all. You can just stay back in your lines and just make sure that you're covering every square inch of your base in paint. So if you're not very good at the game, you can do that. However, if you are at the front line and you can be more proactive in shooting other people, and you know there's loads of different roles you can do. Now, they didn't want four. Um, teenagers or whatever or for kind of people to get really good at it and and be on this because this game has random matchmaking <laughs> so you can you can play with your friends online however you're not guaranteed to be on the same team right so say you've got four of your friends yeah you all join the lobby two of you might be on one team two of you might be on the other team because it doesn't want four really good players on one team who are all working, all got headsets on, all communicating with each other, who are going to steamroll the other teams. It's not fun for the other team. <clears throat> People are freaking out about this because they're like, well, how, how can you have a team-based shooter where you can't do this? It's like, it's not that kind of team-based shooter. It's not Counter-Strike. It's not COD. There are those games for super competitive players. Yeah. This is a game where uh, people like me and little kids can jump on and play it and enjoy it and be good at it 
and get a lot out of it. This is what they've tried to do with Battlefront. With, uh, the, the new Star Wars Battlefront is is to kind of level the playing field and just be like, you know, you're all playing from the same mm. stage here. We want kids to be able to jump in. We want mm. we want adults to be able to jump in. We want all sorts of people to be able to jump in. And I kind of respect that. Yeah. I like it because I always feel COD is kind of like a game breaker. Um, because, you know, you get these people who unlock such massive... Great big advantages by yeah. just playing, 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 yeah. playing. That when you find yourself as a beginner, um, sort of coming into the match, you just suddenly find yourself being steamrolled by ridiculous yeah. bonuses. Because they've got like clip, they they've doubled the size of their clip or whatever on their gun with <clears> upgrades. Yeah, and they've got the accuracy way way down, so it doesn't recoil as much. I've played COD. I know all this stuff. Yeah, in Splatoon, it doesn't work like that. You get you do get upgrades. However, they are randomly generated. So yeah. you can't like build your perfect setup because it's all random. So effectively, after you've played for a certain amount of time, um, part of your gear will get... It will, basically, it's almost like a dice roll. And it will say, okay, you've got a slight um, ink boost or whatever. Yeah. But also, the, kind of, the, the whole point of the game is there's a lot of like fashion kind of things around it. So you generally want to chop and change all your outfits and stuff anyway. Yeah. Which is tied into all those upgrades. So yeah. there is no like one OP player in Splatoon, and the good thing is the next game he, he might be on your team anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. For me, it's a fantastic <coughs> idea. However, <coughs> I couldn't believe the amount of missing the point that was going on during the previews for that game. Yeah. The amount of people that were saying this needs team chat, this needs team chat. Oh, and it's just no one got it. And now it's been out for a, loads of times. No one mentions the, uh, the team chat now. No one gives a shit. No one's begging for it, saying, oh, this game's great, but we still need team chat. Yeah. Everyone's forgotten about it. But it's all these competitive, um, super competitive gamers wanting to kind of put their uh, mark on it. And the, another thing they were freaking out about was the fact that the matchmaking is um, worldwide rather than regional. And they're yeah. like, mm, well, that's going to cause, like, lag and stuff it's like come on in a game like Splatoon do you really give a shit about like lag it's like who cares this doesn't matter who cares if it's shit it's <laughs> so yeah that's one of my um, my pet peeves and you know it's a it's a fair I think it's a fair point yeah. to be honest um, I do and to be honest like I say every time to be honest uh, I I <clears throat> I wish I could jump into stuff like like COD and, mm. and things and play well and do well. But if you don't if you don't play from the very first yeah. from midnight day yeah, that, yeah. It, that it starts happening, you're always you going to be you, yeah you've missed the boat yeah. massively. You're always going to be playing with a with half a hand. Yeah, I find and that all, yeah I find that with Destiny as well. That's oh. the big one. Like I I really enjoyed that the. the six, seven hours I put into Destiny when it came out and then I stopped playing it for a month and I couldn't play it again because... I kept jumping yeah, back in and yeah. seeing all these like level 32s and yeah. I was thinking, how the hell am I... Yeah. I'm only a level 9. Mm. How the hell am I... How, how, how long have these been pe- pe- people been playing it for? Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, a long time. But, but a great 
deal of time <laughs> yes. has been put into this by these people. Well, yeah, this it, this I feel is, is something that, for all their faults and for all the people don't like it for, Nintendo do very well is accessibility. Mm. Yeah, and letting yes. everyone have a go and enjoy themselves, and making sure that everyone enjoys themselves, not yeah. just the core gamers I mean, who were there from day one. And even I would, I would be the first mm. to admit that's absolutely the case. I mean, mm. the Wii console is a case in point the mm. launch games that were, were were made for that platform are a case in point it was all about mm. making it accessible and easy for anyone almost of any age yeah. to pick up a Wii controller and just yeah. get involved and play Sp- a bit of golf Splatoon. play a bit of tennis whatever Splatoon is great for that it's it is a it's um it's the online shooter for people who don't have much time to play online shooters. Mm. It's great. And even, you know, the, the aesthetic and everything, you're going to look at it and you're going to go, well, this is like, like a 90s Nickelodeon cartoon. You know, it's not for me as like a 30-year-old man. <laughs> 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 but, but it's damn fun. It's really fun. There's a lot of depth there as well. It's not just like, you know, playing some crappy Barney the Dinosaur game yeah. on, you know, Windows or whatever. It's a legit... Gaming experience is super fast paced. You know, you, uh, you can duck in and out of the ink. You can um, you can leap from point to point. Yeah, um, and you know it's very strategic if you want it to be, but it doesn't have to be. And if someone doesn't have that level of strategy, it doesn't affect their enjoyment of the game. Yeah, and that's what I enjoy about. It. Dan's just uh, <coughs> for anyone that doesn't know, we we record in a number of places, and uh, when we record on uh, around at Dan's house. We've got a nice big uh, flat screen TV in one corner uh, that we put up a lot of uh, videos. And, oh, it's, well, I say we. Dan has got the controller. He's putting up loads of videos um, of the various games that we're talking about. We've got Splatoon running here right now. To be honest, it looks like hyperactive paintball mm. to me. That's, yeah, that's a really good way of describing it, actually. Yeah. Like psychokinetic It's very clever because the way the game works is you move extremely fast when you're swimming through your own ink mm. and you move incredibly slowly uh, trying to move through the enemy's ink and in fact it damages you as well. So you're constantly trying to... <clears throat> even if you're playing an offensive game where you're trying to attack the opposition and kill the other players, you still need to constantly be laying down ink because that's your route to killing the mm. opponents. So you're constantly trying to get um, these avenues but they're constantly being destroyed. So it's this like... It's, it's so action-packed and it's that's what kind of the reason why it's so much fun. Yeah. There's no such thing as camping in this game. You couldn't camp in this game. There's, there's no point. You're going to lose. You might get a lot of kills, but you, you'll lose because you're not covering the map. And so it's all about just that map coverage. It's just super fun. Re- the games are really short and fast-paced, so if you only have like half an hour to play, you can get a good few games mm. in and then just l- jump out again. And that's the thing. I, I don't play it for like weeks on end, and then I'll jump in, and I'll be winning. Um, my team will be winning matches, and you know I'll be doing well. I don't know. It's a good game. Mm. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> and totally backs up your pet peeve. Mm. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Tom, do you want to go next, or shall I go? You, you go, you go. Okay, my pet peeve is one that anyone that has ever had a conversation with this particular comic character, uh, with me. Has will be very aware of, and that is my belief that there has never been a decent representation of the character that is Batman in a film since or a TV series since 1992 with the animated series. Mm. So I like the Christopher Nolan films. That's that's the, the one thing I want to get out first is that uh, I like what Nolan did, but 
like everyone else, and, and, and especially like Tim Burton, it's always their representation of a character that's that's been going for 70 years. And that annoys me somewhat, especially when you see what Marvel are doing, which is the the Captain America on the screen isn't a representation of Captain America. It's Captain America. It's it's the Captain America you've read in comics. It's And although there's several different versions of it, that's the general Captain America. You know, he, he, he does always does the right thing, whether it's the legal thing or whatever, he does the right thing. And what we've seen from... Batman in particular with Nolan and I haven't seen the new one but the reports aren't great so far is mm. is someone who has to a certain extent taken liberties with the character to make I would say two great films um, but it's still not really the Batman I want to see in a film so I haven't I'm yet to see Batman represent everyone seems to just want to take liberties with Batman everyone seems to have their own angle on it and mm. yet no one's thought do you know what we want to do Let's do the Batman in the comics. Let's do the one that, that the comic fans love, that, that, that read it every, well, couple of weeks. Uh, particularly considering over the last few years how good a job Scott Snyder's done in the comics. Uh, introducing new bad guys, which is hard to do with a 70-year-old character. Uh, and making him feel fresh, despite the fact that he hasn't really changed any of Batman's sensibilities. And the games, to a certain extent, do a decent job as well. When you're playing uh, Arkham Asylum, that's Batman. That's the Batman you read in the comics. Mm. And this is a really silly thing, because I should just be happy that we get this many comic characters on the screen at any one time. And, but <clears throat> I would love to see something that resembles, say, the 92 animated series Batman on the screen. Someone that's... It doesn't have to be super dark. It just has to be Batman. I have to see... Maybe a bit of detective work for once in a while. He's the world's greatest detective, according to the comics. So maybe it wouldn't hurt to see him actually try and figure out a crime rather than just punching bad guys in the face, <laughs> which is all we get. <clears throat> what we get is a, is a hollow representation of Batman, with, usually with a crappy voice. Um, and it's for a character that's, that's generally beloved, a lot of the time, based on what people have seen in the movies there is a, a, a much deeper character that we don't see. Batman is essentially a crazy person that goes out every night and fights crime, <laughs> yeah. bringing a 12-year-old kid with him where, wherever <clears throat> possible. Um, and we don't see that. What we see is the super cool car. We see the, the plane, which, you know, you don't... In, generally in the comics, you don't actually see the car that often. You don't see the plane that often. What you see is Batman uh, moving rooftop to rooftop, just trying to find crime and taking down... Uh, bad guys wherever he sees, or taking on on deeper cases, and, and that, maybe I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that's what we'll see with what DC are doing now. But say so the reports aren't great that the new one's any good, so and I haven't seen it yet. But what I'd like to see is Batman set in Gotham up against one of his rogues gallery, just trying to figure out what's going on, and then eventually punching him in the face. <laughs> but I don't mind that that, that, that there's a bit of action because whilst being the world's greatest detective, he's also a ninja. There's no doubting that. But it wouldn't hurt to actually build up the suspense with someone like the Joker, who's been just killing people left, right and centre, and have him actually stop for a while, stop for a bit, and just try and figure out what's actually happening. And not necessarily turn it into like a whodunit or anything, just, just maybe a bit of the detective aspect wouldn't hurt in the films. Just... I'd like to see the Batman that I read in the comics and we haven't seen it yet. We've seen 
so many representations of it, and it's never been the Batman. Do they need to just make a straight up comic to film transit, as in uh, direct, almost scene for scene? Let's make the Dark Knight Returns yes. into a film. Yes, that's exactly. And and what I'm concerned about, which leads on from that pet peeve, is that what we've got at the moment is uh, a film that nearly everyone has said is at best average with Batman versus Superman and I will bet money that he uses the line at the end of Dark Knight Returns in that um, when um, Batman's standing over Superman and he's just defeated him and it's the whole um, I want you to remember Clark I want you to remember the one man that defeated you <laughs> mm. um, I will bet that's used in this new film I haven't seen it I might not know but if that's the case it means we'll never see a Dark Knight Returns film mm. and there's so many great Batman storylines and this is an excellent point Sean, mm. that we will never see in the films because everyone There's they keep borrowing bits of them don't yes they, they do like yeah. Bat, um, the first Christopher Nolan one was almost Batman Begins but yeah. not um, no is that the is that the right Z- no, sorry. Um, zero year isn't it oh no uh, yeah. year one year one year sorry. one that's yeah. it yeah sorry the film is called Batman Begins mm. isn't it yeah but it basically borrows a lot from that but it's yeah. not uh, the whole thing it kind of goes off in its own direction yeah. but so the, what they might want to do is look at what Marvel's doing and say, let's get the guys who are writing the comics to head up all of this. And I think they're doing that to a certain extent with Jeff Johns being quite high up in the, in the mix. But, but maybe just actually look harder at what they're doing and saying, why don't we take an actual storyline um, and just do a movie representation of that storyline. Do a movie representation. Excellent English there. Um, <laughs> That's what they're doing with the animated films. And the animated films are generally excellent. The Dark Knight Returns animated film is brilliant. They're about mm. to do the Killing Joke animated film. Wow. The Year One animated film was great as well. And then the, obviously the 92 animated series is yet to be better. And I watched it less than a month ago and it still looks absolutely incredible. Uh, still, the, the tone of it's wonderful. Hmm. Okay, I need to watch that because I keep hearing like good things about it, and I've um, I've never got around to watching it. Oh, it's amazing! It, it's 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 everything you could get. A, it's as much as you could get away with on a Saturday morning hmm. at the time in 1992. <clears throat> so what? Yeah, I think they need to do is take actual storylines, so actual some of the, the big Batman storylines that everyone knows, even the people that are watching the films will know, will have looked at things on the internet and said, oh, "Okay, so that steals a bit from." Um, yeah, Killing Joke or, mm. or Dark Knight Strikes Again or Dark Knight Returns or whatever. Just just do a t- pick a storyline and do that and give that a go. Interesting. When when I was writing this, uh, writing a little bit of um, of notes just to talk about, I was going to say like almost exactly the same. I yeah. think I think it's hard to capture the mood of Batman. Yeah. On cinema, I think because he's a bit of an empty vessel. Mm. Because he. You know, the Christopher Nolan film do quite a good job of, of kind of showing you the dichotomy in Batman's um, character. Yeah. That Batman is inherently a, a good person trying to do good yeah. under very difficult circumstances. And that everything he projects as Bruce Wayne yeah. is a lie. Batman is his true self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's very hard to come across because you're constantly... If you go to see a Batman film, you want to see Batman the whole yeah. time. You don't want to see all the confusion and the, uh, the the different private life and all that sort. You don't want to see that. Also, I think we've we've been ill served 
as mm. pe- as someone who doesn't and has has only read a handful of of Batman uh, comics, yeah. including the Killing Joke, because yeah. they were on like yeah, comic yeah. books you must read before you die kind of mm. kind of lists. Batman's been badly served from being uh, at either one of two extremes. They've either tried to make him far too gritty and far too real yeah. and put him in a real universe, which doesn't mm. work because he's from a comic book, yeah. or they've made it really hammy and slapstick because they've kind of thought, oh, it's from a comic book, so we should make it a bit funny and try and do... You know, Batman's gone through so many iterations. In my opinion, mm. because he's a comic book character, because that is the medium from which he is born, mm. there is too much of a reader's interpretation involved in making Batman um, a definitive Batman on film or or any other medium after that. Mm. There's too much involved. It's exactly the same argument I put for the Lord of the Rings films and why I don't like them. Because it's someone going, this is what it looks like. And me sitting there going, well, that's not what I imagined it looked like while I was reading the books. Mm. Because Batman is a still figure with thought bubbles and speech bubbles and all that sort of stuff, there's so much room between that and the translation that you get in your mind that it may not necessarily be a question of why hasn't someone done Batman right yet. It's more a why hasn't someone done Batman in the way I think is right yet. Yeah, I get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know that's not necessarily the most revelatory thing that I could have <laughs> ever said in response to that. But, for instance, I watch Batman Begins. Yeah. And I think, thank God Joel Silver and everyone like that is out of the picture. Oh, now. yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love those films. I I really enjoy... I really enjoyed Batman. I really yeah. enjoyed Batman Returns. Yeah. I didn't hate Batman Forever. Yeah. I didn't enjoy Batman and Robin at all. I thought it was just a huge misstep. Um, and George Clooney was a terrible choice to play Batman. Well, it looks like he's come straight from the set of... Um, yeah. Uh, vampire film. Uh, from Dust or Dawn. Yeah, yeah. He's like wearing the same coat. He's literally the same wearing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. He's like sort of half rubbed the tattoo off his neck, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, Chris, you know, uh, sorry, Christian Bale may possibly be one of the best choices... For Batman, because actually at the end of the day, yes, he's the world's greatest detective. Mm. He's also a bit... He's a bit boring. Who, Batman? The Batman character. Because it's always like, oh, I'm just... I'm incessantly going to do the right thing over and over again. I'm going to do the right Mm. thing. I'm not going to kill anyone. I'm quite gruff and things like that. Christian Bale is dull. um, (laughs) Is is boring. Is a bit gruff. Is a bit too up himself. Mm. He's literally he's literally the the Batman character without the suit on mm. a daily basis. Um, so I I think he was he was probably the best representation we've had so far of the character because at least he had in those films moments where he was like at a club or something being the Bruce Wayne playboy character trying to distract attention away from him. He's more. He's he's Christian Bale's you know the Christopher Nolan interpretation of Batman was more convincing than others mm. I'd seen, but you don't read that much in the comics though anymore. Mostly at the time, Bruce Wayne's just the billionaire that's turning up at uh, functions just to provide a check and then disappearing to be Batman. He's not so much of a, the playboy anymore. 
I just I think there's it's particularly the new the latest the later comics well worth a read. Read particularly Court of Owls is incredible. The idea that he doesn't know Gotham as well as this other group of people. Yeah. Um, and he's he, the Gotham is the main character in in a lot of the Batman comics. Mm. And um, what he finds is there's a group that that know Gotham that are living in between the floorboards, basically. If they describe it. Yeah. And they 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 could do such a good job with that, and just just take a storyline, just work with it, and just see how that goes. And if that fails, then fine, go back to doing just basically what's a setup for a Justice League film, and, or. I mean, who knows? It might be what they'll do with the next Batman film. The next Batman film is going to be set before this one, apparently. Why? That's I don't know. Why? I just well, here's, here's how you do it: you do the Batman film first, and then you do Batman versus Superman. You know, I'm not saying you do six films like Marvel do, but do a Batman film first. Give it a chance. Yeah, because I mean, I, again, I, I've not seen. Batman vs no. Superman. I would quite like to see it, but mm. at the same time, I've read the reviews, yeah, and I've seen that people are saying neither <coughs> neither character is particularly well fleshed out. Yes, apparently they they are just guys in like, suits. Oh, it's Batman. Yeah. Oh, and there's <laughs> Superman, uh, and that's it. And and to be fair, it's all about the spectacle rather mm. than kind of trying to, um, you know, actually bring out any depth in these characters. And actually, that's one of the biggest missteps I think yeah. they could have made with this is that actually Batman vs Superman could have been an exploration <coughs> of the characters um, motivations mm. their drives their impulses you know the the Superman character alone is a is a fascinating character mm. to look at you know a, 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 an orphan from a destroyed planet who you know has these wonderful powers was taken in by family and slowly but surely realises that the best way he can serve his adopted home planet mm. is by becoming a superhero. Yeah. And Batman is, again, the sort of the same thing. I mean, actually, there's so many similarities between what they're trying to do. I mean, Bat- uh, Superman sees it on a planetary scale, whereas Batman sees it seems to see it more on a city yeah. scale. This is my home. I'm protecting my home. I'm trying to make my home a better place here. You know, that's probably why Superman is doing it as well, because he's mm. going, this is my home. Earth is my now, is yeah, my yeah, new yeah. home. Um Actually, what the film might even show is that is that it's fucking stupid to try and put them at odds. Yeah. Because they're actually so similar in their pursuits that why would you even want to set the film up to be a Batman versus Superman? Why can't it be Batman shakes Superman's hand yeah. and they go back to the Batcave and they you know have a few ginger beers... <laughs> And they start sorting some shit out. You know, it's you know, I don't know, Batman bums Superman or something. Like, I don't know, something like that. It could be, it could be anything. It could be, yeah. any, you know, Batman hugs Superman. It's it just seems such a weird choice for me. And I know that there have been storylines showing the two of them at odds. Yeah, but I just it just in my head doesn't make sense. If people, if we woke up tomorrow and someone came forward and said. I'm I'm practically indestructible, yeah. and I'm going to protect you all. I I just don't see how even Lex Luthor's most dastardly plan of twisting people against mm. someone well, else in the Dark Knight Returns it was the other way around though, wasn't it? it yes, yeah. was Superman was effectively hired to assassinate uh, Batman because he was meant to have come in, gone into retirement because Batman yeah. was 
you know, this a vigilante who's not supposed to be doing what he's doing. Yeah, mm. but technically, so Superman. No, but he, no, in this, he's so Superman was actually yeah. part of the government, and you know, he was official. Yeah, <laughs> being sent to sent to Russia and stuff was. Yeah, like Doctor Manhattan. Wasn't a yeah, personal yeah, yeah. thing. I don't think it was. Yeah, Superman going to just basically put him back into retirement and say, you know, you're not supposed to be here. It just it just sits at odds with me. I don't know. I know. I don't know. It you know like the the argument we're we're having. Mm. Well, with not as much the argument. The thrust is kind of let's give a proper comic book storyline yeah. a try. But for me, I just I I kind of look at it and I look this... at the characters and I look at their motivations and I just think these kind of storylines don't make sense. I cannot suspend my disbelief but, that much. Well, I'm fine with it. But if you're going to do Dark Knight Returns, do Dark Knight Returns. Mm, yeah. It's a New York bestseller along yeah. with. Countless other Batman stories. Do one of them. Don't yeah. don't do your own thing. You've got seventy years of material, and a lot of it is really, really good. So take a good storyline, and I'm not saying word for word like Zack Snyder did with Watchmen, pretty much. Mm. Just do one of the storylines and see where that goes. And if it's rubbish, then it's rubbish. Fine, but at least you tried something a little bit different that no one had tried yet. I thought Watchmen was a great film. I liked Watchmen, yeah. I, I really it. enjoyed it. And as a fan of the comic book itself, mm. I watched it thinking, yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. There's, they've taken a few liberties. Yes. But it's nothing major. And actually, it gets out to the mainstream what a fantastic comic book this was. Mm. And it is. That's fantastic. And it's a, yeah. it, remain, it will always remain a fantastic comic book. It's a great story. Yeah. That, I mean, that's 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 it pretty much. I just don't think I. We have, I'm not the biggest Batman comic fan. I'm more of a Marvel person than a DC person. But I've I've read the, the major ones, and I've I've been reading since the New Fifty Two, um, pretty consistently. And <coughs> and what I haven't seen is the Batman that you see on the pages. And I know that is open to interpretation, but there's nothing even remotely resembling it. And we haven't seen a decent Batman storyline. We haven't seen outside of the Joker a Batman villain, and I, like, I really like the Scarecrow. Actually, thinking about it, in but in what about Batman me? Because, well, it'll be very painful <laughs> for you. For you, yeah. The, the pun cracking pain as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, and then I will break your. Yeah, I don't have my permission <laughs> to die. Yeah, ah, Mister Tom's peanut bar. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we just haven't seen that. There's that's the that's the other thing. There's so many decent Batman villains, and we haven't seen many of them fairly represented. Yeah, they took some big liberties with Bane, didn't they? (laughs) They did. What is it? Well, he's a super smart guy. Takes this serum and becomes a super smart big guy. What what's what's he in the film? He's a big guy. He's got a mask, and he's Tom Hardy, and that's that's all we need. Tom Hardy again? Yeah, problem solved. Yes. This is actual Tom Hardy, though. Yeah, with yeah. a stupid mask <laughs> that fucking falls apart mm. and then can easily be put back together and doesn't seem to break. Doesn't yeah. seem to have any feed into it from any tank that's supposedly supplying yeah. him with medication. Where, where's it or going? Something. Yeah, yeah. Dark Knight Rises might be another pod for me because I can I can go into that. Bane's one. mask would be an yeah. entire pod. What the fuck does that thing do? I mean, it looks scary, mm. and yeah, you can totally understand. anyway. I've, I've kind of figured what? it's like yes. like. Um, <clears throat> Painkillers, like because he's obviously had a fucked up face. Yeah, but yeah, that's all I really know. Anyway, but, I'm 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 yeah. I ran right. over. I feel better. <laughs> I, I don't, but <laughs> it's helped. 
Tom. For me, yeah. my rant has got to be based solely on, and you know, you mentioned nerd culture or geek culture or whatever. Um, it's it's the assumption that people have that because I like playing video games and because I enjoy science fiction novels and I enjoy that kind of thing that I am a geek or a nerd and I'm a massive nerd and mm. and I just I hate it it's like as soon as as soon as I say to someone they say oh what what kind of stuff do you like what's your favourite film and I say The Empire Strikes Back mm. someone will inevitably go oh so you're a bit of a geek then and it's like well I guess like if that's if that's how you're going to feel comfortable kind of terming me mm. that I'm a geek then that's fine don't even get me started on what happens next with the whole geek chic revolution. Mm. Because for me, that means they're now lumping me in with these fucking spindly toss bags <laughs> who have actually come forward and gone, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be the geek chic model. I'll wear the big thick rimmed glasses and the button down jumpers, uh, button down shirts, sorry, and the cardigans and things. Because that's what geeks wear. It's like, no. Look around, look around the fucking table here. Mm. All of us will be defined by the same thing. All of us like pretty much the same thing. We like video games, we like sci-fi, we like films, we like watching that, we like getting really involved, we like finding out all the stories behind it. Technically, to whoever's calling me a geek, you're geeks too. And I'm looking around, I'm seeing we're all pretty much wearing exactly the same thing. T-shirt, jeans, probably a hoodie, and stuff like that. We're not dressed like society thinks we are. You, Dan mentioned last week mm. about Big Bang Theory and about how that is probably one of the worst things about geek fandom. There are people like that. Mm. But they are not the stereotype of geeks. They are not what all geeks are like. They are not they are not to be looked at and gone, well that's a geek, therefore every geek is like that, therefore if I see someone who doesn't look like that or likes the same things that Big Bang Theory people like, they're geeks. I just don't like it. I don't... I, 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 and it just drives me up the wall. Every time I'm in a conversation with someone at work and they overhear that I'm talking to my colleague, he was asking me about the game Firewatch that came mm. out recently. Mm. I swear to God, it's one of the most non-geeky games I've ever played in my life and is more about characterisation and more about the fact that you're talking to this person over a radio that you never see face-to-face. And the acting in it is is so pitch perfect it it's like a, it's like a work of art saying something like that immediately gets me branded as a nerd <laughs> such a nerdy thing to say what what the fuck do you mean it's a nerdy thing to say so i started thinking why don't people who are obsessed with fucking you know sorry i keep sorry cross stitch or or something like that why aren't they termed nerdy because the people I work with at work they've been passing around a crochet blanket between them for about a year and they've been just adding to it and adding to it and adding to it and they talk about the stitches and the different type of way that they're going to join bits and the panels together to me that seems nerdy and I feel like I'm branding them with the same thing they're the ones that are getting obsessed with the oh what stitch are you using to do that so I can make sure I echo it and things like that and I'm thinking they don't get called nerds or geeks. Why don't the people who know obsessively about every type of coffee 
that's mm. available. The ones that insist only on drinking coffees that have uh, the beans have first passed through the digestive system of a cat, or something like that. Why? Why are they not termed geeks? Why are they called like you know coffee connoisseurs, connoisseurs, and things like that? Why are they called connoisseurs? At the end of the day, my love of video games and sci-fi and things like that is actually <laughs> probably enthusiasm bordering mm. on a fetish more than it is actually something that you, I should be termed for. Well, the way I see it is passion. It's it like, is it passion. Is, it's just being really passionate. It is. Well, that's what nerdy means nowadays. Well, to me... Well, when colloquially, I, it means... Yeah. yeah, people go, oh, you're really nerdy about that. It's like, well, no, I'm just really interested in it. Mm. I, I don't like that it's given this... Well, which is a derogatory label, you know. Well, it's kind of a... a Oh, what's the word? They're reclaimed, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of reclaimed, like other. Yeah, it's less. It's less. <laughs> less than it, it's, it's, it's better than it used to. Yeah, be. yeah. It's... For me, growing up, I always used to have a distinction between nerd and geek. They're like <coughs> very clear, different things. Mm. Like, I I've always really considered myself to be a geek, if anything, of those kind mm. of terminologies. Yeah. Not at all a nerd, because the way I thought of it was a nerd is is someone who's generally quite academic. And enjoys maths and mm. science, and mm. and is a, a bit of like a trekkie maybe, and they enjoy um, like knowing every little detail about something. You know, usually quite um, you know does well at school. Whereas a geek was the one who likes um, sort of more sci-fi and fantasy and gets obsessed with that kind of thing. So I always thought they were like two different things, but nowadays they're sure kind of in, interchangeable. <laughs> I don't know. I've never really minded being. Um, yeah. Well, nowadays I don't mind. Back in the day, I di- I was incredibly embarrassed to be called a geek, and I would hide um, things to do with my geeky nature because I was in- I was embarrassed mm. about people finding out about it. Whereas nowadays, definitely less so because of the whole geek chic thing. And I understand why that <coughs> pisses you off. Yeah. Because. It is annoying. I don't like the whole geek chic mm. thing of I'm going to wear frameless glasses and then say, God, look at me. What a oh, geek what, I I'm such a nerd. I came first like, in Zelda. What a geek. Yeah. Came first in <laughs> yeah. Zelda. And you just, you do, I mean, I find myself, I find myself just kind of sinking back into my chair and just kind of sighing heavily at that point when yeah. people go, oh, I'm such a nerd. Look at me wearing thick rimmed glasses. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, you're wearing thick rimmed glasses. Please don't confuse the two. Mm. I mean, look, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably almost exactly the same. I, I, I probably back th- at school, um, probably was more concerned with being labelled a geek than I am now. Yeah, but it still annoys me. It's still, I, and I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's some sort of, I don't know, pretentious holier than thou attitude that I kind of cultivated. But it's just kind of like. You don't know anything about me. Yeah. Uh, and there's, it's my colleagues at work. You don't know anything about me beyond the fact now that I've just said I like The Empire Strikes Back. And immediately you've just gone, well, you're a geek then. Mm. And I think, well, how, that, why does that make me a geek in yeah. your eyes straight away? I, I, I feel like I should have to demonstrate more of my, of my yeah, interest. Yeah, you want to show that I like other, yeah. other things. It's like, my, my son sleeps on a floor bed. Mm. He doesn't have a cot. He, he, has, he has a mattress and he has a nice, like, kind of sleepy head pod thing in one corner. I told one of my colleagues who has a kid of a similar age that we, we have that. And um, she said, oh, well, you and your wife are kind of, like, kind of new agey sort of hippie sort of people. And I was thinking, in my head, no. No, we're not. We're so far from that. It's not even funny. It's just that, you know, it was like... 
none of the circumstances as to why we have a floor bed were even considered. It was just like, oh, you've got a floor bed, therefore you are a yeah. dream catcher, loving, <laughs> fucking pair of hippies. <laughs> and you just think, that's not... That, that's that's just yeah. ridiculous. I think it's just easier for people to like lump people into mm. categories, isn't yeah. it? Like that. It and is. It's, it is. Rather than actually ask them or get to know them, it's just like, oh, you like that, you're like that person. or But yeah. people can write you off. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely, yeah. definitely know that. One. Absolutely. And I've been written off so many times by people. Mm. I can see that moment where they're just like, nah, we're not going to be friends. Well, that's, <laughs> that's one of my biggest issues with the terms geeks and nerds is that they're so broad nowadays. Mm. They just, anytime anyone says, oh my God, I'm such a geek for the, the smallest things, whether it's watching six episodes of a TV show in a row or whether well, it's like... collecting a 5,000 point uh, orc army in Warhammer. Yeah. It, it's, it's, they're one and the same in, in people's eyes and, and it's just, it, the term nerdy, it just, oh, it, it kind of irritates me now and I hate using it because it's overused. For... Yeah. Well, I've ne- as I said, I've mm. never considered myself a nerd and I still mm. don't consider myself a nerd even though people mm. lump all that stuff together. So, yeah, it's it is frustrating, um, but it's just the, the modern day, I guess. And I guess it, it's definitely better nowadays. I think it's definitely better now. I'm not sure if it's just getting older or that no, times I think it's have better. changed. It's a yeah. bit of both, probably. Being older, when you get older, obviously you get a lot more secure in yourself, and you really do stop caring what other people think. Mm. Well, I do anyway. I got to a point in my life where I stopped worrying about whether anyone else would um, judge me on things I liked. Yeah. And I just decided to just do whatever I wanted to do. If, mm. if it makes me happy, then I'm going to keep doing it, as long as it's not hurting anyone else. And if I, if I enjoy it, I'm just going to do it. Oh, no, I mean, seriously, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is an event about, uh, you know, coming from a sort of a deep-seated place where I'm sort of filled with crippling self-doubt or anything like that. Mm. But, it, I mean, I'm certainly, you know, at that stage as well where I'm just, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I think it's... It just sits wrong with me that people would label mm. me a certain way purely because of one tidbit of information that I may have kind of said, oh, I'm, you know, I think Empire Strikes Back is my father. Yeah, I think I know what you mean, because this is the derogatory set. It depends how it's said, I guess, doesn't it? Like, well, I, some people take it like, I work for well. a big corporation, and oh, yeah. most people who work in big corporations mm. are... Um, I'm in danger here. Right? <laughs> yeah, you might hope none of them are listening. <laughs> yeah, of making something stupid. Saying something stupid. For the most part, if you work in a big corporation, you're there purely because of the job. Mm. You're just like, right, doing a job, fine. You know, ignore it. If I happen to get on with people, it's absolutely fine. So you don't really get to know people that well. Okay. You get to know your immediate team, but if you start talking to other people from other teams, mm. you kind of just you just kind of say the first thing that comes to your head because that's it and I think that might be kind of more indicative of what I'm getting at is that because you kind of work in a little silo and you're just kind of getting stuff done when you need to get stuff done the second you say something to them they just immediately kind of go oh well that's that's Tom from yeah. from that team over there he's a bit of a, the geek. Bit of a geek Yeah, he's a bit dorky you know yeah. like and I just think that's it's a shame because yeah, maybe it's maybe it's event more about the, the how quick we are to judge each other. Yeah, I don't mind. I, I like care really because I like going home and I like loading up fucking Hitman and I like <laughs> playing through a couple of missions and 
and just kind of like, oh, I, was, I did really well there. I managed mm. to get my score down to Silent Assassin. Oh, that's brilliant. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I've done that mission. I'll go back to it and try doing that tomorrow. You know, and... But, but more people than ever play video games. Yeah, I mean, it, Even if they're playing, like, FIFA, or they're can- still playing... Well, or yeah. even Candy Crush on their iPhone. Yeah, that's exactly, a video yeah. game. You know, yeah, but that's that's what annoys me. Is I mean that annoys me as well when people who play Candy Crush go, I'm, I'm a gamer girl, or I'm a gamer boy, or I'm totally into my games now. It's like no, you're not. You're into fucking mobile Candy Crush isn't, bullshit. Isn't that fine as an entry into a, a something that we love? Yeah, but it will never go any, anywhere for for the majority of these people. They get they're happy with so their little microtransactions. Who, who owns who owns Candy Crush now? Your mum. My mum. <laughs> then I am living in a very small house. <laughs> yeah. um, isn't it? Is it Ubisoft bought Candy Crush? I think that's right. Or was it yeah. Ubisoft or Activision bought Candy Crush for like a billion dollars or something? So they'll make money from Candy Crush, which they'll pump into a variety of other things other than Candy Crush because that just makes its own money, that perpetuates its own money. And as a result, we'll get better games. Maybe they'll not the government Ubisoft, right? Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, we're going to get Assassin's Creed 15. The, the, point, the point being is they now can... Now even Creedia. They can use that to... <laughs> game studios go disappear all the time. So even if there's a gamer girl uh, playing Candy Crush, yeah. she's going to put, what, a couple of quid into it every now and then to... I don't. I have never played Candy Crush. I have no, no idea what it's about. To crush more candy, that's all I'll say. I've never played. Um, like it's microtransactions, though, isn't it? So mm. even if they put in like five quid or something, then eventually that's money that will go into the games that they are making and yeah. fund studios to do well on paper and in a rose-tinted universe. Uh, do more interesting things because they've got the money to do it and also hopefully they'll I, I don't see a problem with it because I think they'll get more of an understanding of video games can be fun mm. and there's nothing wrong with playing video games whereas when I was well when we were all growing up mm. in the 90s you must have experienced this as well where gaming just in, a, in and of itself was seen as a child childish thing to do yeah. it's just you get to probably 12 and you're already like mm, you're a bit too old for video games now you know like, I will never forget the day that I was playing a game a really shit old game called Morrick which was a platformer about a miner who'd been made redundant by uh, and <laughs> what then, the fuck <laughs> and you, it was just a platformer it was just a really random little platformer and and stuff. And Do you I, have to raise the red flag at the end of it? Oh, I can't <laughs> remember. It was it was just like one of those like really open platformers where you could disappear off the side of one map and it would suddenly go whoop and you'd be in the next one and you'd just be jumping around and you'd have to find objects and take them back to somewhere else and stuff. Mm. I was playing it and um, I remember my da- my dad railing against me, kind of sort of going, "That's ridiculous. You should be you should be into stuff like Formula One." Or or something else, you know, rather than playing Morrick the Minor and things like that. And I was thinking in my head, like that, you know, that's what's the difference? What's really? the difference? Like, I'll either be sitting there watching, yeah. you know, douchebags in cars going round <laughs> yes. and round, or I'll be playing Morrick the Minor, yeah. and hopefully I'll. I'll, um, well, this is what pisses me off is you know, is, reunite him with his wife and he'll be happy. And yeah. <laughs> People who dismiss computer games as a medium. Despite the, their own hypocrisy, because they'll go and watch reality TV, mm. or in my dad's case, who, who for a while spent more time playing uh, the close combat games than mm. he did um, spend time with the family. <laughs> you know, there are moments where you're just like, but 
you said that was wrong. Like, <laughs> I thought I should be liking Formula One. I mean, what? Dude, the goalposts. Where are the goalposts? <laughs> but this is the thing. So many people think of video games and comics as well for mm. this category. Yeah. It's completely worthless. Mm. They're like, oh, you shouldn't be playing uh, video games. You shouldn't be reading comics. You should go out there and do something proper. But watching TV is fine. Watching films is fine. And reading books is fine. Whereas, you know, comics and video games are just another medium mm. of... Uh, storytelling here, here, and video games especially are interactive so yeah. by their very nature you don't veg out on the couch you are alert and attuned to what you're doing mm. you're thinking you're using brain cells and you're just reacting just because you and... walk in and you go Tom mm. and I, I'm playing something and you see me wait for a moment then I pause and I go mm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> doesn't mean I wasn't concentrating on what I was doing. I was obviously so That's engrossed. You're so, so, you're so tuned into it. It's so they can be so immersive that you just I get can. sucked in. But I people can. write it off as like a completely worthless thing. Whereas no one would ever say to someone who reads, who, someone who says, "Oh, I read like I don't know, fifty books a year or something," mm. and they go, "Blimey, well done you, mm. good for you." Good Why? For you, you What's, whereas if you said, "I play fifty video games a year," oh my god, you need to get out more. What's the difference? Yeah, you need to grow why up. Is one, yeah, why is one medium better than, than the other? <coughs> it's a good question. It's a very old-fashioned kind of line of thought, I think. And, and that's part of the problem. I think the kind of people who, who label you a geek and say, oh, you need to start geek, are the kind who are from a generation that... I think we, we touched on it a little bit before, mm. where we're saying people who weren't allowed to do what they want to do. Mm. Mm. And it's even in our generation as well. Because uh, I would say like my brother has like very few hobbies or anything because he's like a workman. he mm. just like he has a good job and he goes to work and he has money and he comes home and I decided for my life I didn't want that I just wanted to, I thought what do I find fun I'm going to do more of that mm. Mm. <laughs> and like all the other stuff I'm going to build my kind of life around the other, that stuff yeah. rather than try and squeeze in the things I like into like hectic life do you know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. Yeah. And I remember your dad's speech at your mm. wedding day <laughs> yeah. saying how how different your approach to life was than yeah. his or your brother's. And I I you know, I actually there was that moment I, I when I was listening to the speech thinking, you know, I had a tremendous amount of respect for your dad for actually picking up on that mm. and kind of going, you know, me and me I can't remember James. your brother's name. Me yeah. and James, you know, we're, we're, you know, you can almost see they're kind of cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Like, right, go out, work. That's what that's what men do. Mm. But I, I, I do have a job. No, of course. but I totally respect that. Is yeah. that you know, and that's what I've tried to do with my life as well. Is I've always, I've never made any apologies to Jolie about anything. That's Jolie's my wife, mm. by the way. In in terms of the band, like when we moved into the house together, I was like, I I want somewhere to have my amps and guitars because they, they mean a lot to me like you know mm. I want to have somewhere where I can practice and then go to rehearsals and things mm. like that you know and also while I'm there I may as well stick all my consoles and games out there so they're out of the lounge mm. they're here this this is where I'll pursue my mm. you know my interests and things like that because for her she loves doing arts and crafts mm. yeah. and all that sort of stuff and I'd much prefer she do that in the comfort of the lounge with the sewing machine on the dining room table and stuff like that mm. than closeting herself away somewhere. I'm happy to do that upstairs. 
I want to. I, I, I that's the thing. I I like the fact as well that Jolie, even to this day, like you know, we've got a kid, little Vinny. You know, we, it gets to sort of like maybe like half eight or nine at night, and she's like, "You haven't played any video games or anything today." <laughs> and I just turn to her, and I'm just like, "You're fucking brilliant," you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and and you know, I'll I'll peg something on and I'll play it for a couple of hours or something like that, and she's mm. just quite happy to sit there next to me and just like play on the phone or you know just talk to me while I'm playing and stuff like that and I just think that's that's what life is about yeah I don't want to be just ploughing my life into going to work yeah and then coming home and kind of you know going through emotions like putting Vinny to bed and giving him a bath and all that sort of stuff and then coming downstairs and watching telly and thinking right what am I going to be doing at work tomorrow I want to come home I just want to be you know absorbed with my passions which are my son my wife and my pastime yeah exactly Mm. and this to me that is that is life that is yeah. life in a nutshell mm. that is exactly it that is what people should pursue and that's what should be congratulated yeah. you've found things you love to do yeah. you've surrounded yourself with people you love yeah. and you've got it completely made that's it but yeah. for some reason our society still measures success on basically status mm. and wealth yes. there's two things mm. we say yeah we own, you know, someone could be on the brink of suicide, but they've got a great job and a fucking mega bank balance. Yeah. And people will go, hasn't he done well for himself? He's so, look at him, he, mm. God, he's done so well. What yeah. a successful person that is. It's like, why are they successful? They're not happy. They've yeah. got no friends. They've got no hobbies. They've got no interest. They're a, yeah. a husk yeah. of a human being. <laughs> they've got nothing to them other than those things. They're just yeah. set parameters. Whereas... The likes of me and you, I mean, we're moderate, you know, we're not considered unsuccessful in our, in our own ways or whatever, but no, it's certainly me, people look at my life and say, oh God, he's very successful, he's done very really well for himself. It's part of the fact that I'm just like deliriously happy mm, with yeah. like my, my current setup and I just, to the point where I like don't want anything to change, but it's like, I'm like, this is just perfect, I've just got it like exactly how mm. I want it, I'm just doing, I've got like loads of time to play video games, you know, I've got my wife got my house and got you know my dog and it's just like this is perfect it's got like the perfect kind of work-life balance and it's just it's yeah, just funny it's, isn't it it's, it's funny it? but then like you're saying we just kind of get dismissed as like a oh, geek should get out more i know <laughs> i know because I, I just think well what what would you want me to do you yeah. know what what do you want me to do do you want me to go home and be miserable mm. because i'm thinking constantly about you know, balancing the budgets at work or something like that. I mean, I, 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 I really don't understand what these people expect me to do. I, the, some of the people I work with in my team are so driven that mm. you know about with their jobs that I just think like you know, and, and it's fair play, and uh, you know that's what they choose to do. That they end up staying until half six, half seven, mm. and I'm thinking. What are you doing in those two hours that is so vital you had to do them in those two hours? Mm. Is, the, is the business going to collapse if you didn't do those things? Yeah. Is your team going to collapse? Is is something terrible going to happen? And I, I, I come away from work and I leave almost bang on. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, I stay a little bit just if, you know, if there's work that needs to be done, I'll, I'm happy to mm. keep going until I finish a job. I'm not going to sit at 5.30 and be like, yeah. ah, fuck this, put the desk. <laughs> you know, if I mean, throw my monitor across <laughs> the room and stuff and storm out. 
But I just I just don't understand the psychological psychology where people go, you know, well, where people think in their heads, if I don't do this, then, you know, oh, the business is going to suffer. And I think in my he- in my head, um, if I don't finish this particular task, mm. it means fuck all. Yeah. It means nothing to the general overseeing, you know, the scope of the business. When I was working in smaller companies, and I was editing magazines and things like that, when I was in little, like, three or four-man companies, then, yeah, it was my responsibility to do that, to get it out. And mm. fine, the longer hours were, were yeah. absolutely fine. But now I've got a son, my priorities have shifted. Mm. I'm like, I want to get home. I want to yeah, see yeah. him. I want to I want get, get a chance to play with him before I have to bathe him and put him to sleep. And I have to come to terms with the fact that I'm not... Uh, I don't see him during the days during the week. I see him in the morning, I go to work, I don't see him all day, and the next time I see him is just shortly before he mm. goes to bed. That kills me on a daily basis. Yeah. But I'm fine with it, because I know that, you know, Jodie's there, and I know that she knows that, and that I've got the weekend, and that I try and make the most of the weekend. And, and you know, it is, like you say, it's about getting that balance. Yeah. I am happy that I can provide for my family. And this is the funny thing. And I fucking hate it that even though I do all that stuff, I can say one very... And they know this, that they know that I work hard, that I Mm. go home, that I have a kid and all that stuff. But all I have to say is I'm a big fan Mm. of The Empire Strikes Back (laughs) and I'm immediately labelled as a geek. Mm. I'm not labelled as a good father. I'm not labelled as a a loving husband. I'm labelled as a geek. Mm. As I say that, you should... Just join the fact that the, the word is being reclaimed, pretty much. Yeah, and then maybe. just and then it'll eventually annoy you as much as it annoys me how overused the words geek and nerd are. It is, and it all feeds into your hatred of the Big Bang Theory. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That's 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 definitely involved. I never, I never used to hate the Big Bang Theory, but you eventually stop. You you look at it's. There's nothing nourishing about the Big Bang Theory when you watch it. It's it's feeding the people uh, that aren't really the geeks, and I do quotation marks as I say that, or the nerds, um, what they believe is actually geeky and nerdy, and and it goes back to geek chic again. Yeah, it's um, the flaccid cock at the orgy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's trying not to look at it, but they've noticed it, and it's like. Oh. <laughs> but it's it's the, also the most popular sitcom on the planet. I can't even understand why. No, no I, I, I mean, I, I, I there were there were a few times I watched that that show, and I kind of I found myself chuckling along. Mm. And it was when they were dealing with storylines that were just generic kind of storylines. You just found yourself going, ah, "That's quite funny." Yeah. And but it, but it is epitomised by that uh, mem meme may yeah. may whatever yeah. um, going around that bloke getting irate that the that the Howard character literally just spouts seven or eight sci-fi references mm. in one sentence and the canned laughter goes, ah, that's brilliant. Mm. It, you know, and he gets really angry going, he, he didn't say anything funny. Yeah, yeah. He just made references. And that that's that's the point. That's They're laughing at him because he said something which is perceived as nerdy, yeah. not because he said anything funny. Well, they'll, they'll have a list. And that's of... the problem with humanity. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll be... It'll be, it'll be, it'll be uh, someone's job on Big Bang Theory, I would imagine, to 
basically scour the internet and yeah. just go, so what are fucking nerds like? Yeah, what, yeah, just literally typing into Google. Yeah. What what are those nerd pricks like? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thundercats. Thunder, yeah, so... <laughs> Thundercats. Yeah. So when they're... It's, it's, it's almost <coughs> the MacGuffin thing, isn't it? it? It's like the insert word here. Yeah. So when they're going, um, right, so he wants to go buy a sword from, hang on, Game of Thrones, okay. <laughs> mm. uh, he's playing Halo on his <laughs> Xbox One. And um, someone walks in and mentions um, Felicia Day. And um, and it's just insert words here, yeah. insert nerds here. Get Kevin Smith on, get Will Wheaton on get anyone from Star Trek The Next Generation that's been in something recent so people will recognise them. Yeah. Uh, get Summer Glau on. It, it just gets Nathan Fillion on because he's always on the internet and we know nerds love Nathan Fillion. Actually, I do really love Nathan Fillion. Um, make a Battlestar Galactica reference that you don't entirely understand and um, <laughs> and then you've got an episode pretty much. Have them all sit around playing a board game that you saw in whatever the American equivalent of Waterstones is. So it must be nerdy because there's books there. Um, and yeah, that's an episode. Oh, oh, make sure he's wearing like, like a real like geek chic t-shirt. And I'm not saying I don't own like geeky referencing t-shirts. Yeah. I own three community <coughs> t-shirts for fuck's sake. Um, but if you get him in like a, people associate now Green Lantern and Flash with Sheldon rather than the DC characters Green Lantern and Flash. Yeah. There's something fundamentally wrong with that. Yeah. And, okay, so we're on to another rant about Big Bang Theory, and then we should wrap it up, because I imagine we're well over at the moment. Yeah, an hour in. Okay. Well, basically, fuck the Big Bang Theory. It's it's just... <laughs> um, I, this is what I should have gone with, actually, thinking about it. It's... <coughs> it's just shit. It's just utter shit. Um, I think... There's so many bad messages in that TV series. Yeah. It, and I don't... Best place to start. Okay, so... Leonard is one of the characters in it. And Penny. I don't need to tell you this. You all fucking know this. Um, and basically, he pursues her until she goes out with him. Is the storyline that. So, yeah. basically, if you just... If you just bug someone enough, they'll eventually go out with you. Which is a terrible message. Yeah, and then in typical sitcom format, she sort of goes, "Oh my god, I've realised that I'm going out with a nerd." Yeah, yeah. he's so lovely. He treats me so well. And also in her head, she's kind of thinking, "Well, he's the safe option, isn't he? He's Hmm. never going to get any better than me." (laughs) You know what I mean? That, that, but that's that's the whole thing. Like, you know, I'm not going to say that Kelly Cuoco isn't absolutely fucking drop dead gorgeous, (laughs) and that I would not go to town Mm. on her if I had the chance. I would. Mm. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. <laughs> but her character Penny is typical um, fodder. They did typical I... sitcom fodder. She went from being someone who was kind of you know like a struggling actress and stuff like mm. that to just a one-dimensional. She's a bit quirky. Mm. She's growing to love the geeks. She's the eye roller. She's yeah. the one that rolls. She's the one just there to roll their eyes. Everything the they are doing. Man, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, the straight man. Um, as they're all playing rock band together, or rock band. Mm. I'm, I'm doing a typing motion as I say that because that there will be a gap in a script. There will be. I'm ninety percent certain of this. There will be a Big Bang Theory script with gaps in that they just throw geeky references in whenever mm. they feel like yeah. they need to. That's what's wrong with it, and it doesn't really get what. I feel as a 
geek or a nerd or whatever it is that we actually are, I would say enthusiast is probably the nicest way of describing it. Yeah. Um, and I would be very surprised if it really did get anyone who was actually interested in some any of the things they're interested in. But it kind of used all the sort of really stupid cliches for me, like yeah. can't talk to girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, can't get a girl. Yeah. Uh, can't live a, a normal life. Uh, is considered a. They're all scientists. You know, they're all scientists. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they all work at <laughs> yeah. you know, a prestigious university. They're all professors and things like that. But yet they're all deeply flawed characters mm. who, you, if you ever walked into a lecture hall with these people lecturing mm. you, you'd think what the fuck is this person doing teaching me? They can't function in the real world. Mm. Why am I taking my lessons from this person? Um, I just think it was a mistread. Every step, Mm. big mistread. But at the same time, like you say, it's the most popular sitcom on the the planet, which means that either everyone thinks that's that's right Mm. and that's what geeks are like, or... It's just so funny that people want to watch it over and over again. And i got to say, I've watched it, mm. and I think it's definitely not that it's so funny that everyone <laughs> wants to watch it. Yeah. I think it's the first thing that everyone has just kind of accepted, that that is our benchmark now mm. for what is considered nerdy, geeky. You know, Well, everyone's got a bit of it in them. Everyone goes to see Marvel films, or even like the Hunger Games, I suppose, would, would, if... You went to the Hunger Games 20 years ago. That would be considered a yeah. very nerdy thing That's to true, go see. Yeah. Nowadays, it's just an incredibly popular yeah. film. Deadpool broke box office records. Star Wars broke box yeah. office records. Yeah. These are all sci-fi, nerdy quotation Game, marks. Game again. of Thrones. I hear people Game talk about Game of Thrones all the time at yeah. work. So everyone gets references. Um, they're never particularly deep references. They mention Firefly every now and then. I think that's about as deep as they get. Yeah. Sure. Um, but... It's it's just um, it's kind of embarrassing. It it just feels <coughs> like, and the longer it goes on, the worse it seems to get. Yeah, I, I don't really watch it anymore, but it it just seems to it it feels insulting almost. Yeah, it feels like this this isn't really a representation of me. I'm I work in a shop, okay, and I'm heavily involved in nerdy geeky culture. I would say, and. You know, we're not all scientists. We're not all like that. Some of us have done all right with the ladies as well, for starters. Mm. If, you know, all right. We were in a band together, you mm. know, and we we all sitting here talking about Nintendos and why Batman should be better on films and, and, yeah. and real shit like that. And just, it doesn't matter who you are. We Everyone comes from different avenues. And so yeah. why can't everyone just like what the fuck they want to like? Yeah. Exactly. See, that's what that's my point. Is that it's, to bring it back to that, yeah. It's all one-dimensional characters <laughs> that instantly become the... I've watched Big Bang Theory, <laughs> and they like Star Wars, therefore, <laughs> if you like Star Wars, you're like them, like and I think they Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And it's, it just it drives me up the wall. It absolutely drives me up the wall. Yeah. Mainly because I don't want to be lumped in. With those tossers. With those tossers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. Well, that's kind of... Uh, completely blunted my argument hasn't it really (laughs) (laughs) very true yes very true so I think that's it anyone else got anything they want to add no yeah so that's part two wrapped up (laughs) kind of 
Some of it might get edited out. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening again. Uh, if you've got anything you want to rant about, even if it's you know this podcast, just uh, <laughs> just hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, mm. which is uh, Facebook is just facebook.com forward slash tmtooh. Is that right? Is that, is yeah. Yes. And on Twitter, it's 2MTOOH. So uh, we'll be back for part three in a couple of days. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.